This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Praise God. But it's great to have another 3 by 10 service. Let me explain a little bit about that. Uh, we, years ago, uh, been as a staff looking at us, our vision statement as an equipping church. And a part of that is to, to discover what's going on in people's lives. How many of you know we're all on a journey? Amen. And what's exciting is hearing God move in other people's lives on that journey. It is to me. And, and so we just thought, you know what, let's just set aside each quarter a Sunday and hear from, from the church. Now, we're, we're not asking everyone ever to be a preacher or a teacher. How many know we're not all called into the fivefold ministry? But everyone has a testimony. And we are all to be called witnesses. Amen? Witnesses of Christ. And so someone once said, happiness comes from freedom, but freedom comes through courage. How many know it takes courage to share what's going on in your life? Amen. And so courage. And so I just want to encourage you. And here's what's going to happen today is uh, we're going to have three dynamic speakers. I believe God's going to speak through each and every one of them. And, and God is going to give you what you need today. <laughs> and it's not through me. <laughs> that's exciting. That's, you know, really, that's part of an equipping church, a pastor. You see, if I try to do everything, I try to be everything to everybody, and we're going to be limited as a church. I don't have a heart for that. I have a heart to equip, to empower, and people to take it and run with it. Amen? So, so each of them, uh, these speakers are going to have 10 minutes, and at the end of their 10 minutes, they're going to be given a little bell, kind of a little bell in the back. Ding, ding. Uh, we have that queued. Okay. Okay. We'll get a bell here in a minute. And um, they're done with it. And then they got to pass the mic, not drop the mic. Pass him. Okay. Now, here's what I want us to do today. I shared this last time is I want you to encourage them. I want you to encourage them like you want people to encourage you. I've noticed after the first three by 10, I'm getting more amens in the audience. <laughs> when my ser sermon seems like it's tanking, I get more amens. And so I believe one of the ways we grow is when we sow into other people's lives. Okay. So as they speak, uh, I want us all to be engaged and, and let them know, uh, give them the big amens and encourage them here this morning. So with that, I want to please welcome Karen Schutz, Danae Rackstad, and Zach Bartolomeo. Please come to the stage. Yes. Three by 10 Sunday. And uh, we're just so delighted to have uh, them here this morning. And who is going to kick it off? Karen Schutz is going to kick it off. <clears throat> I was asked many months ago to share here today, and immediately I kind of panicked because I admire so many of you who speak, and I thought to myself, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not you. But I thought to myself, I really want to challenge myself this year and get out of my comfort zone. And I thought, I have discovered some of my gifts and really 
can appreciate that. So I thought, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to step outside of it and start using it. <clears throat> so here I am, have 10 minutes to do this silly little sermon and get get it out there to you, what, I, what God wants to share. And so I wanted to be really great. I looked up wonderful Hebrew and Greek words. I typed out pages of just like, you know, it was like a thesis for college. <laughs> and I read it and I thought, this is stupid. This is... <laughs> This isn't me. Like, I really believe in authenticity. I believe in vulnerability. I believe that that's where connection happens is with vulnerability. So some of you know me. You know my story. Life has taken a lot of twists and turns in my life. I I love that song I heard, A Hundred Bad Days Makes a Hundred Good Stories, Makes Me Interesting at Parties. That's me. So, um, So if you don't like what I have to say today... So be it. But I'm going to be me today. Um, So the subject today is my church. Um, So I've been asking God often, you know, since I knew I was going to do this, Lord, what do you want me to share about my church? And inevitably, over and over and over again, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say to me, my family. And I thought, my family? Okay, what do you want me to share about my family? Um, Then God gave me a word picture. One that I want to share with you today. I'm a word picture kind of girl. I remember things by uh, seeing and doing rather than hearing. So for the two of you out there that are just like me, this sermon's for you. So here I have a basket, and this represents my life, okay? It's nothing plain. It has a lot of holes in it because I have a lot of flaws in my life. Nothing exciting, but it's functional, okay? You'll see I have some bricks here. These bricks are going to represent things about my story you may or may not know, okay? So this brick, this brick here represents the day that I was diagnosed with cancer, okay? We all have these kind of bricks in our life, health issues, things we're praying about, okay? That's part of my life, okay? This brick represents the day that the person I was married to at the time was having an affair, and I had no idea, and he walked out leaving Sophie and I alone. Betrayal. This brick represents the day that I also found out he made arrangements so we never had a home to live in anymore or a vehicle to drive. So now I was worried about provision. We all have those in our life where we're worried about how God's going to provide because it seems too huge. This brick, this brick represents the day we found my mom dead last summer of a bleeding ulcer, okay? Loss. We all have tremendous loss in our lives, okay? This brick, this brick is the brick I just found out recently that I have congestive heart failure, fear of my future. Am I going to live? Am I going to live longer than what the doctors tell me? Okay, I could fill this basket full of bricks. I could, because I got a hundred bad stories, I could tell you. (laughs) Painful things that are burdens. And as you saw, I couldn't lift this. I needed help to put it here. Let's add in bricks of betrayal of friends, people in our own church, because, you know, we're all perfect, right? I have a friend here in church, not a friend anymore. She loves to gossip about me to my enemies, hatefulness of others, disappointments, 
hurt. Now my basket is impossible to carry. And there's been times that this basket's been so heavy and so painful, I just couldn't move. There were days that I cried out for help, days that I wanted to quit and be done. I just thought, I can just stay here, be paralyzed with all this pain, and that's good. And those were the hardest moments of my life, and I would sit there and cry to God and say, why? Why me? When the bad people get away with everything, why do I get to do this? This isn't fair. And then I sit back and I look, and I go, okay, I look at people in our church, my family, and I remember God shows me why. There was a family at the time years ago, Luke and Tia, many of us remember them. Tia lost her baby the day that it was due. And I remember it wasn't maybe two days later, she was up here on the front row, her and Luke, hands raised, praising God, leaning in, pressing in. <clears throat> I remember another family in our church over the years, <clears throat> they found themselves silently facing bankruptcy and losing their home. And Kevin Leal came in and prophesied over their family. And he had folks come up, he had that man come up here, and he had folks come up and give him money. And I saw that man fall on the ground weeping. And weeks later, provision was made for that family. I remember another family who tragically lost their adult daughter to leukemia, who was my friend. I saw this church rally around that family in such a way it rendered me speechless. We can never know the answers why we go through some of these horrible moments, but I have witnessed in my own painful moments that God uses me and you to minister to one another in the body. And because I have witnessed those moments, I've witnessed God's faithfulness. Because of my church, I've seen my family, you, overcome some of the hardest, biggest, sometimes silent, most horrific obstacles in life, and you have given me courage to find victory in my own. And you help me see my circumstances beyond what they are, my church, you. Because of you, I fight a little harder. Curtis, because of you, every Sunday, I find my battle cry and I can get through the week. Mike and Rhonda, because of you, I've not only found friendship, but I've found my personal cheerleaders. Katie and Kim, because of you, my kids have found constant encouragement and safety when they've gone through these turmoils with us. <laughs> because of you, my church, my family. So what does this look like in action? When I was diagnosed with cancer, you guys came beside me. <clears throat> You provided for me. You bought groceries. When my husband left and <clears throat> we didn't have a place to live, people came and helped pack up my stuff, helped me find a place to live, took Sophie out while she was hurting, made sure that she wasn't hurting so bad. <clears throat> when my mom died last summer, you guys, <clears throat> it took one text message and everybody was there with what we needed um, when I was diagnosed last, you know, this last month, <clears throat> I saw in my weakness others fight for me so hard in that battle that I had one friend say she actually saw the battle being won right before her eyes. Galatians 6.2 says, 
that we are to carry each other's burdens, and in this way we fulfill the law of Christ. So what this verse basically says is you were not meant to be alone, and you were not meant to fight alone. The body of Christ, the church, can only function when we work together. You actually have to be here. You have to be here and participate. And now, I can carry this basket. Because of you, where I can't find the faith to make it another day, because of you, I can borrow the faith you've found in your victories to help me get through mine. And now I hope that by going through my journeys and you watching me, I can borrow you my faith to help you win your victories. I did it. Hi, my name is Danae, and I'm so excited to share the Word of God with you today. I'm going to start by bathing you in Scripture in a second here. Um, My church is alive. Thank you, Curtis, for sharing that today. Um, If my church wasn't alive, my family and I wouldn't be as alive. While we were at Saturday morning prayer this past summer walking the beautiful new church property, which I don't know if this goes against the rules, but you guys should all go there and walk that property and pray there. Um, Pastor Mike was motioning where the front uh, door would be for the new building. And I turned and looked at my beautiful daughter, Gracie, and I said, Gracie, what do you want to see when you open the church doors? And I'm thinking something physical, like playground equipment, you know, of course, you know. She said, I want to see Jesus. Uh, Thank you, Church for the Harvest, for not only showing my daughter and my son and my family, Jesus, but the entire world. Um, I want you guys to stay with me. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. 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 My church is alive. My church is alive. alive. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Can you say, I have life? I have it abundantly. John 11, 25 through 28. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. You will live, Karin. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him. Yes, Lord. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. My church is alive, not dead, because of God's grace towards us. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, it is a gift from God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. My church is alive and glorifying God. All of creation reveals the glory of God. What opportunity we have to see the glory of God and worship him every day. We need the glory of God in our life to influence all we do. If we are consistent in drawing near to God, we will have an actual physical countenance change. We will have peace. 
Things come into perspective when we are in his presence. What are we beholding? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Five years ago, the Lord spoke to me that if I didn't change the way I used technology, I was going to live with some deep regret later in life. When I realized I wasn't fully living in the relationships and life God had given me, God asked me, is information overload keeping you from intimacy with Jesus? <clears throat> Sometimes we need to say, be quiet, Google, I'm talking to God. Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. We need to prioritize beholding God's truth and goodness. What are we beholding? Thank you, Lord, that you speak personally to each one of us. I praise you for the word of life. You are wonderful, Father, and I love you. Your love surrounds me at all times, and I am safe. Thank you for your grace, goodness, mercy, and kindness at all times. I praise you that I get to spend eternity with you and so many of the people in this room. Protect my children and give them special friendships. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of beating infertility twice. Thank you, Lord, for restoring my marriage and setting us free. <clears throat> you are a good, good father, and we love you. Psalms 34, 1 through 5. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will, my, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, church, for the harvest, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, Christ Jesus, for you. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. <clears throat> My church is alive in glorifying God. My church is alive in relationships. Say the first lines of the Lord's Prayer with me. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say the first two words, please. The first word. He's our father, all of us. We are all together, his beloved children. None of us are an inconvenience or a mistake. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and a Savior, He is alive in you. Say, He is alive in me. He is alive in me. Friends are a gift from God. We do the hard job of letting people in, allowing them to be our friend, not our idol or God. Healthy friendships need to continue to be built. Lord, I ask you, heal that which is broken. 
Walls need to come down. Demonic strongholds need to be released. We are compassionate, but not shy in rolling away stones to set people free to come out of their bondage because we need you alive. We want to pray for you. You are worth it. That's why there's people up here on Sunday morning to pray for you. (laughs) We need rain and sunshine to make things grow and flourish. We know that we need each other to help each other build, build each other up. Jesus has called us to a rich, joyful, blessed life in fellowship with one another. We lock arms with friends in our journey of life while carrying the love of Jesus to the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalms 133.1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Thank you guys for coming today. Jesus' prayer for believers in John 17, 20 through 21. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me. Through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. My church is alive in glorifying God. My church is alive in relationships, and my church is alive in building the kingdom of God. Acts 20.35 I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you know we are most alive when we are giving in an act of worship to the glory of God? My church encourages us to listen to his still small voice and then show up for what God has for us to do. To stick to the path God's calling us to and say no to anything that does not align with that path. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. My church is alive with passionate givers, willing to do whatever God's asked them to do to win souls for the kingdom of God and magnify the Lord. Living out their divine destiny. In conclusion, I want to share with you Acts 2, 1 through 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Lord, we worship you. We love you. We fervently seek your face. We want to know you more. Reveal to us as a church body how to grow deeper in relationship with you and each other. We want to reach the nations for your glory. We will do whatever it takes to stay alive in the things of God. Forgive us for all unconfessed sin now. We receive forgiveness and the continual fullness of the the Holy Spirit. Our Redeemer lives. Say it with me. Our Redeemer lives. lives. Say it with me. A little louder. Come on, Gracie. Our Redeemer lives. lives. We come before you with a pure expectant heart and set our sails to catch the wind of heaven. Breath of heaven, come alive in us today. Thank you, Lord, that we are church for the harvest and we are alive. All right, I think I'm ready. Cool. There's nothing that takes away the stress of public speaking than a huge timer on a TV (laughs) and one behind you so everybody else can see you. So this is great. Um, Now, let me just introduce myself. Anybody that doesn't know me, my name is Zach Bartolomeo, and actually Mike and Rhonda are my parents. Um, I've had the opportunity to see this church grow from day one in October of 1999 in our living room. So uh, one of my earliest memories of that time is seeing my little sister Mariah actually take her first steps in our living room on a Sunday night service. So it's really cool to see it all come full circle and 
people ask me, is it weird being a pastor's kid? I never thought it was weird until I'm holding this mic right now. So, uh, no, I'm super excited to be here, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. With that, we're going to dive right in. Um, so, now what? You made it to church, you're here, you brought your family. What's next, right? Obviously, we've had a lot of uh, yeah, insight from these two. I'm going to build off of that, hopefully. So, um, are you stuck in a rut in your walk with Christ, a new believer um, looking to grow, or someone that is just checking out Christianity for the first time? This message is for you. It's really for everyone. Um, now, I was always curious to ask this question at this church. How many of you guys grew up in a church? Raise your hand. Okay, so a good, good majority. All right, well, fun fact about uh, you guys probably, and I can say this too for myself, is that we get complacent. We get um, settled in and we find our own habits, and we also have habits that are the hardest to break. Um, so hopefully this message maybe convicts you and maybe hopefully encourages you to uh, rethink um, your habits that you have right now. So um, I'm going to be talking about discipleship, okay? So uh, if, you get, if you have your Bibles, you can open to Matthew 28, 19. Um, I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, Matthew 28, 19. Uh, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. This is the Great Commission. These are Jesus' final instructions to his people before he ascends into heaven. Usually the last thing somebody says is probably pretty important, right? Yeah, exactly. This is Jesus' last word, so it's very important. All right, so the first part, go. We are called to go. He is sending us out. We have a mission. We have a responsibility. Anytime I hear the word responsibility, I think of uh, Jordan Peterson. I don't know if anybody knows who he is, but... Uh, very interesting guy. He's a uh, author, speaker, and a professor of psychology in Toronto, Canada. Uh, and he has a quote um, that I like saying this, the purpose of life is finding the largest burden that you can bear and bearing it. A large part of Jordan Peterson's message has to do with responsibility and how responsibility can help give you meaning in your life. Well, I would argue that as Christians, we have the biggest responsibility of all, and that is to go and make disciples of all nations. So if you are looking for a meaningful life and a burden to bear, bear your cross and give glory to Christ through serving and using your gifts and your life story and spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Discipleship is the responsibility that you were created for. I believe we, have Christians, we as Christians can actually have the most meaningful life because we have the biggest responsibility. We are called to make disciples. The next part, make. Um, I'm going to use create. We are called to create disciples. So all people have a desire to create things, um, whether it's your music, um, whatever, art, whatever. We have a desire to create. Um, uh, one way to describe that feeling would, uh, to create would be it's an overflowing of love for that thing that pushes you to create. So something you love so much that you just have to create it. Now listen to this. If we are called to make disciples, we must first have an overflowing of God's love in our own life. So, mirror time. I like to call this mirror time. So what does your life look like? Do you have an overflowing of God's love in your life? As a Christian, the world is looking to you as a visible representative of Jesus Christ, and they are making evaluations of God based on how you live your life. What if everyone in the church was just like you? Think about that. What if everyone read the Bible just like you? Would we be a Bible-studying church? What if everyone worshiped God just like you? Would we be a worshiping church? What if everyone gave their finances just like you? Would we be a church that is supportive? 
What if we shared the gospel as often as you do? Would we be an effective church? What if we walked and talked like you? Would the church even be a church that you want to go to? Being a disciple is walking with Jesus in such a way that you can say to someone else, follow my example. Uh, This is a quote from uh, Greg Laurie. Uh, He says, success or failure in the Christian life is dependent on how much of the Bible you get into your heart and mind on a daily basis and how obedient you are to it. Yeah, we all mess up, we all sin, but the thing about the gospel-centered discipleship is that it has a self-correcting attribute because we always have it filtered through God's word. So, how do we disciple? Well, there is no single strategy. There's no limit to the ways a person can be told the good news of Jesus. Every person in here has a unique story that can be used to bring glory to God. Every person has a certain set of skills and life experience that allows them to serve other people. It is your responsibility to take the time and the effort to critically think about the ways you can further God's kingdom. One of my favorite things about this church, about my church, is that we have many people that are actively doing this now. Uh, the two that stick out the most to me is last time I was here, I got to attend the men's living and abiding, Bi- uh, oh gosh, men's living and abiding Bible study. It's a tongue twister. Uh, where men of all ages are seeking wisdom from each other and having real, authentic, vulnerable conversations about God's word. Um, and the other one too, uh, this one's probably my favorite as well, uh, Angie Johnson's Pedal with Purpose group. Now that's taking a passion that you have in your life and using it to build up the church and the community within the church. Um, I believe everybody in here has a, a, a way that they are able to impart that into their, this church. So. Um, so discipling is as simple as doing life with other believers. Now another part. Now as far as training Christians on how to think and feel and act as a Christian, which is discipling in the sense of growing them into more and more maturity. Um, We can see a lot of different ways in the New Testament. So here's a quick list. Uh, Titus 2.4, we have older women are to train younger women. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul trained Timothy to train others to train others. Uh, Ephesians 6.4, fathers are to train their children. Matthew 28.20, missionaries are to teach the nations everything Jesus commanded. Hebrews 3.13, all Christians are to exhort each other every day. Do you have people that are exhorting you every day uh, to avoid sin and to stir each other up in love and good works? 1 Peter 4.10, all Christians are to use their gifts to serve others. We could go on and on. Every Christian should be helping unbelievers become believers by showing them Christ speaking the right balance of grace and truth into the life, um, that is making a disciple. And every Christian should be helping other believers grow to more and more maturity. That is also making a disciple. All right, so the follow-through. It's easy to get motivated when you've had enough coffee um, and enough sleep, Um, but it's not about motivation. It's um, it's not about motivation. Motivation is garbage, honestly. Uh, It comes and it goes, but it's about having an understanding of the responsibility that you have and committing to it. The follow-through is directly attached to how you set yourself up. Do you have people in your life that will speak both truth and grace? Do they keep you accountable? And are you getting into the word daily? A quick example for what worked for me um, not that long ago um, was I had a mentor that was challenging me to read a chapter a day, and we started in the New Testament, and then I had to text him back that evening or sometime that day, just a quick summary. That's a simple example of what that looks like. Uh, Before I knew it, I had read my first book of the Bible at the age of 23 as a pastor's kid. So there you go. All right, so one of my favorite verses that I came across um, when preparing for this is 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 20 uh, through 31. And he says, uh, uh, where's the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? 
Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach, to save those who believe. For Jews demanded signs and Greeks uh, seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block, stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And his last part, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man. The weakness of God is stronger than men. So back to verse 21, this is the main part. Uh, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach. I had to read that like five times for me to figure it out. What it's saying is that this passage should be encouraging to all of us that even when we preach in our own foolishness and lack of understanding, God still uses it and brings us closer uh, to him and brings others closer to him. One of my favorite phrases I learned while involved with the campus ministry crew, 30 seconds left, all right, here we go, uh, is uh, step out in faith and leave the rest up to God. We all have different gifts and abilities that we're able to equip Christians in unique ways, and it's your job to step out in faith and trust God with the outcome. Uh, Church, for Harvest, Church for the Harvest mission statement is we are committed to do what it takes to reach and disciple people for Jesus Christ, and our vision is to equip Christian Christians to live irresistible lifestyles and to engage influential works of service for God's kingdom. That is my church. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, these guys and gals will be around for a bit. Uh, um, and we're just going to close here. We so appreciate that and hearing the stories, what God is doing. And, and we're going to be excited about the next one in a few more months and, and, and what uh, God will do. So thank you. Thank you all sharing God's word. Thank you so much. Um, we want to just close the service and we also have a television audience and, and it's very important uh, because this goes out throughout the community and, and uh, there's a number of people that, that watch the show here so uh, we want to provide an opportunity uh, for those of you here or maybe you're watching uh, on, on television channel 181 and you've heard these testimonies but you've you never made Christ your Lord something was challenging for you and encouraged you and so we want to take care of that now the Bible says in 2 Corinthians now is the time today is the day of salvation so so don't put that off will you pray with me uh, let's take a few moments here and you say pastor I want Christ I need to get right with God and 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 I've been living for myself and it's time I, I, I turn the reins over to Christ if that's you, let's pray together. Say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I repent. Forgive me, Lord. I ask that Jesus Christ take up residence in my life. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer or you recommitted your life, tell somebody. Tell Thank somebody. you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com. 
www.thechurchofgod.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.